guys. Welcome to episode 161 of SwiftCast. This is Ashley, Steph, Nate, Adam, and Haley. And we have a really exciting episode for you guys. It's always fun when a lot of us are on, especially because it's been a very eventful time in the news for Taylor lately. Yeah, she's been everywhere. But before we get into any of that, I just want to say, I know that we've talked about before, you know, what we are going to do with our summer and our downtime now that Taylor is not on tour. And I have been to three concerts in about the past week and a half, and they were all seriously terrible. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Maybe terrible is harsh, but nobody is Taylor. Everybody sucks compared to Taylor. I was going to say, Taylor sets the bar so high that when you go to other shows, you probably feel a little bit disappointed. So I saw Selena Gomez on her revival tour a week or so ago here in Chicago. And I mean, I don't want to say she was terrible. She wasn't terrible. But I don't know. I guess I hope that she would be more similar to Taylor and engaging the crowd and stuff. And she just isn't. So what was the show like? How was it different if you would compare it to the 1989 tour? Well, it was very well choreographed and very good production, which was similar to Taylor and I liked. And she even had a few of Taylor's dancers, um, some of the male dancers from the 1989 tour with her, which was good. They were all really good and she had a lot of set changes and costume changes and she did talk to the audience some, but I don't know. And I was saying this the other day, it seems like so many artists they just go through the motions of their show. They're not really connected to it. It's hard to explain. It's just, it just feels like there's something missing. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I actually just saw Kenny Chesney over the weekend, and he had a bunch of openers, including Miranda Lambert. And I just felt like for both of them, I expected more. I think the thing that struck me was that they sing their songs exactly as you hear them on the radio. There's no change. I really could just play the CD and it would sound better because it's on the CD. And yeah, it's nice to see people live, but when the entertainer just sings word for word exactly what's on the record, what's played on the radio, there's no excitement there. And the other thing is that these artists sing only the songs that are popular. I didn't need to buy any albums to be prepared for these shows. I just went and I knew every single song that was on the set list because they were all the popular singles. And Taylor has the luxury of knowing that her fans will listen to the new album and know the new album and be prepared. And I get that other artists don't have fans who are as dedicated as that, but the artists could still change up the songs a little bit. I think a great example is Wildest Dreams. Taylor completely changed the song and made it new so that it wasn't exactly as it is on the album. And even just slight changes like in I Know Places or Clean, it makes it interesting and different. And sometimes when I hear Clean on the album, I wish I could hear the live version because she makes me prefer that switch up. Absolutely. And Selena, I mean, she kind of tried to do that in between some of her songs. She had musical interludes. So for some of the songs that she didn't perform, you know, she has a lot of popular songs that she couldn't get to. And so for some of them, she did these little like vignettes of like 
a music video almost of them. So you would just get like 30 seconds of that song and like a visual thing while she changed. Then she would come out and do another song. So like that was interesting. And she did remix one or two songs a little bit. But, you know, it was in the United Center. It's a smallish arena. And just looking around at the crowd, I mean, people were enjoying it. But just the energy, just nothing like Taylor's crowd. And I just think it's something that cannot be replicated. It really can't. If you look at any other crowd at any other show, they're not lit up. They're not excited. Sometimes they're just there to pretty much act like idiots and be drunk, which was the case at the Kenny concert. And I paid good money for a show. And I like to be around fans who are really engaged and excited to be there. And you can't find that anywhere other than at a Taylor show. And so then the very next day after I saw Selena, my friend had won tickets to the B96 radio station Summer Bash. So I went along with her. And so this is supposed to be like the best of the best, like the popular artists in the top 40. And they all are terrible. (laughs) It was, I mean, I'm sure people are going to hate me because there probably are people that are fans of these artists. But I was so unimpressed. It was Megan Trainer, Charlie Puth, Ariana Grande. And actually, Calvin did a DJ set, and I think he was the most entertaining of all these people. How was Charlie Puth? He has a very good voice. He played the piano. I mean, they do give them very short sets, so I would like to see what a show, a full show of his was like, and if he engages people more. And people definitely did like his set, but I mean, Megan Trainer, I could not be any more unimpressed. Yeah, I was going to say, the one thing you do have to take into consideration in a concert like that where it's, you know, five, six, seven artists is the short set times and that they don't probably have maybe their full band or their full crew. Obviously, they don't have their own backdrop and video screens and things like that. So it is a stripped down performance, but still. It's funny you say that because when Calvin came on for his DJ set, they literally did like an entire stage build for him. Oh, wow. They brought out this, like, huge platform and put this, like, big video screen and all these special, like, lighting effects that they didn't do for anyone else. And I guess when you're just a DJ, you kind of need that added. But I thought his set was really entertaining. He had a lot of good energy. Cool. And then the headliner, the main headliner of the night was Ariana Grande. And she has a good voice, but I saw her at the iHeartRadio Fest two years ago, and it was literally the exact same thing. Right. I think that's my point about how artists just sing their most popular songs. What's the point of seeing it multiple times or attending multiple tours year after year when they just do the same thing? And then after both of those shows, then I went to Las Vegas for a work trip. And while I was there, I ended up going to see Britney Spears' Piece of Me show. And she's someone who, you know, is one of like the biggest living legends in current day pop music and I didn't expect her to sing live. I know she lip syncs, but it just I don't know. Even if Taylor ended up doing a Vegas show in ten or twenty years, which I don't think she would end up doing, it would never be like this. No, Taylor really has the whole package. Not to knock any of those artists because everyone's different and everyone, you know, signs their show and in what they think the crowd wants, but Taylor just has something above everybody else. I think we would all agree with that. 
Well, now we're going to take a look back at some older tweets. June and July are always fun times on Taylor's social media. Our first one is a good one. It's from July 1st of 2010. Taylor tweeted, Driving. Had my iPod on shuffle. Then decided to just listen to Owl City. Suddenly, it's daydreamy day in Nashville. And that's a good one because this was July of 2010, which would have been about four months before Speak Now came out with a song called Enchanted on it. A little song called Enchanted. <laughs> yeah. Well, our next one comes from June 29th, 2010, and Taylor tweets, Mom, I just found a quilt I like online. And Austin says, Taylor, you are 80 years old. I always like the tweets that have Taylor and Austin both in them, because Austin seems like a really funny guy. I just had a sense of deja vu and feel like it was five minutes ago that we were looking back on this tweet last summer. Probably. It's crazy how fast the year can go by. Well, on July 2nd, 2011, Taylor had a first in her career. She tweeted, Louisville, I am so sorry to have to postpone the show to October 11th. This is my first time having to do this. I am so, so sorry. And I want to ask you guys, because I don't totally remember this, was it because of sickness or other circumstances? or? Yeah, she was pretty sick. I think she had bronchitis after the rain show at Gillette. But selfishly, I'm glad she did postpone the show because I ended up going to the one in October. <laughs> oh. Our next one comes from June 29th of 2013. And she tweeted, in Vancouver, just realized you guys got my Twitter up to 30 million followers. So cool. Concerning I only tweet about my cat and food. Cat singular, not plural. <laughs> and now, three years later, she's up to 79 million. Almost triple. Well, on July 3rd, 2013, Taylor tweeted, I'm so excited that the new video for Red comes out this evening. Also, very excited about all the red, white, and blue happening tomorrow. And that's funny because that July 2013 was her very first now famous 4th of July party. Right. Lots of good photos at that party. Yeah, all of the red crew was there, all of the dancers and singers. Well, our next one was from June 29th of 2014, and Taylor tweeted, Hope you guys had a great weekend. Ours was super coastal. And she posted a photo of her with Carly Kloss and Amanda Griffith on a boat. Well, our next one comes from June 27th, 2015. And Taylor tweets, all caps, thank you, London. And she tags a bunch of famous people who were at that show. And not only who were at that show, but joined her on stage. Right, that was when they brought out the flag, right? Yes, I believe so. And it included Cara Delevingne, Kendall Jenner, Martha Hunt, Carly Kloss... Serena Williams, and Gigi Hadid. I love those photos of Kara with the flag. It was pretty funny. And I think that was when we later learned that Taylor showed them all their positions with nail polish on the floor. Right. <laughs> the next one also comes from last year, June 29th. Taylor tweeted, Little known fact, Carly is secretly an unofficial historian slash London tour guide. Kind of. And wasn't that when they were all on the boat? Gigi and Joe and Taylor and Calvin and Correct. Carly. And it looked like Carly was right in the middle of being the, the boat driver. And so Taylor was joking around that she was their tour guide for the day. Our last one comes from July 4th of 2015. 
and she said, when Ed Sheeran shows up for the 4th of July in a red coat because he just can't let it go. I remember because Ashley, our other host, and I actually saw Ed in concert on July 3rd. And I said, I bet he's going right from this concert to Taylor's party. And sure enough, by later that night or the morning, that photo popped up. Well, I'm glad he made it back this year, too. And we'll be talking a little more about this year's party in a little bit. So right now we're going to go into our news with Keeping Up With Swift. And our first item is that last week, on June 27th, Taylor and Tom Hiddleston were spotted together at the Colosseum in Rome. And we got a lot of great pictures out of that visit. I've been to the Coliseum once, but unfortunately I did not see Taylor there. Would have been nice. That would have been nice. And I loved her outfit. Yeah, she had some great outfits. Which we'll be covering in fashion. Well, I think one of the most exciting pieces of news related to Abigail. Abigail actually got engaged, and she posted this video that was shot of her fiancé, Matt, getting ready to propose, and she was going to this beautiful park and i don't know it kind of reminded me of the mind music video in some ways because it was very green and there were i think there were mason jars or something hanging around but it was really adorable if you haven't seen it and her ring is just gorgeous well our next bit of news is pretty cool july 1st marked the 10-year anniversary of taylor debuting on the billboard charts and some of taylor's accomplishments uh from the billboards uh her first song in the hot 100 was tim mcgraw her first number one on the Hot 100 was We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. Her first number one debut on Hot 100 was Shake It Off. Uh, Shake It Off actually stayed on that Hot 100 as well for 50 weeks. And lastly, her songs have been on the Hot 100 chart for 913 weeks. There's that 13 again. The exact number of weeks that she's consumed our lives. <laughs> Those are some really impressive numbers. It was nice that Billboard put together a little video montage on their Twitter with clips from all of her singles. And it's really cool just to look at the data and see her progression throughout the years. I bet her next debut single from album six will stay on the Hot 100 for more than 50 weeks. I bet it will, too. And our last piece of news for this week is involving Taylor's 4th of July party, which actually happened on both July 3rd and 4th. It was two days long, and it seemed like everybody was there, so many of her friends, and some things that they did were they went down to the beach and swam in the ocean for a little while and took some photos. Taylor had a giant slide that they slid down. They even sang some karaoke together, and it also, in addition to being a 4th of July party, was an engagement party for Abigail, or a celebration, and one surprising thing that was mentioned earlier is that Ed came out of hiding. He's obviously been off of social media and out of the spotlight for a long time now, but he was in attendance at the party, and there were a couple of photos with him. And he and Taylor sang to Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby One More Time. I would much rather watch them sing Britney karaoke for hours than the Britney Spears show that I just went to. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor posted a photo of her and Ed... I assume that was during this karaoke session, but I just wanted to pretend that they were recording new music together. That sounds good to me. Or putting the finishing touches on their lost tracks from years ago that they have not shared. That's true. We've been waiting forever for those. It is exciting to see Ed, though, 
we know he's expected to have new music this fall. His last post on social media was in December. How crazy is that? He really stayed true to his word. He said he was taking a break from social media, and he did. Even when he went to the Grammys, he didn't post. No. Taylor did it for him. <laughs> she made that really nice post. I absolutely cannot wait for his new music. He's the only person besides Taylor that I feel 100% confident cannot let me down with their music ever. Absolutely. I agree. Another person who was there who people were pretty excited about was Kesha. Yeah, it was interesting to see all of the different people that were in attendance posting on mostly Instagram on Tuesday, July 5th, the day after the 4th of July. Um, it seemed like in the afternoon, all the pictures just started to roll in. And if you go look at the Instagram accounts of all the people that were there, you'll see a lot of photos from the party. And I just wanted to list off all the different people that were there, because there were a lot of them. But it was Carly Kloss, Gigi Hadid, Blake Lively, Ruby Rose, Abigail Anderson, Cara Delevingne, Halston Sage, Martha Hunt, Brittany Mack, Alana Heim, and even many more. I think if you actually listed everybody, it would be just as long or longer than the list of guests on the 1989 World Tour. <laughs> it's possible. It was quite the party, though. It looked like they had a good time. One thing I was surprised is that we didn't see any pictures of any food that they had. Right. Taylor has been having a tradition of baking the Ina Garden cake, the flag cake. She did it in 2014 and 2015. Maybe she had a Pinterest fail this year. I don't know. I know that Blake Lively made Taylor... Do you remember that Thanksgiving pie? And she made figurines of Meredith and Olivia. And they were really good figurines. They looked really real. I think it was just last year that Blake did that for Taylor. So I was thinking maybe Blake and Taylor would bake. But I don't know. We haven't seen any photos. While Taylor is on a break, maybe she just got it catered. Alright, well, now we have some fashion updates, starting with Taylor's recent trip to Rome. The first one is when she was visiting the Colosseum with Tom on June 27th. She had a Olympus OMD EM1 camera in silver, and that was $899. And she had a similar-looking bag... Um, so this was the, is not the exact one, but similar to what she had. It was a Louis Vuitton Cruiser Bag Monogram PM, and that's $2,660. And she was also wearing a yellow Reformation Emery dress in sunshine, and that was $178. I loved that dress. I love that she paired it with blue shoes. It popped out a lot. The shoes were great. And people were making a lot of comparisons to a photo from the Speak Now era, I think from 2010 or 11, when Taylor wore not the exact same, but a very, very similar yellow dress. It did feel like a throwback dress. I liked it. And so that same day, also while out and about in Italy, she was wearing a Topshop double strap V-back camisole for $30, which is still available in many colors. And then the next day, on June 28th, Taylor was seen arriving at Piazza Navona with Tom, also in Rome. And she was wearing high-waisted looker ankle fray jeans. They're by the brand Mother, and the color was called Stayin' Alive. 
and those are $185. She was carrying an Elizabeth and James Zoe perforated saddlebag, which is $445, and she was wearing the Ray X for Love and Lemons Myra Heel, which are $198. So our next one comes from June 28th, 2016, uh, and Taylor's seen boarding a helicopter in Rome, Italy. She's wearing a Freda Salvador Glide Monkstrap Sandals uh, for $395, a Y Ming Bella Top, $165 pre-order, uh, also a Y Ming Strella Skirts for $205, also pre-order, and finally an Elizabeth and James Zoe Perforated Saddlebag for $445. All right, now getting into this celebration of July 4th and all her amazing outfits. We're going to start off with the outfit she was seen in Martha Hunt's Instagram. She was wearing a solid and striped The Woven Crop in black gingham, and that was $148. Moving on to Brittany Mack's photograph, she was wearing Saludo's Classic Stripe Smoking Slipper in neutral red, and that was $55. In Ruby's Instagram, she was wearing an ancient Greek amphipolis leather sandals, and that was $191. Moving on to her swimsuit, she wore a solid and striped the Anne Marie in Americana stripe bathing suit, and that was $168. She paired that with perverse Armalfi sunglasses in red for $40. Those are also in blue. The other swimsuit she wore was a Forever 21 America high neck bathing suit for $24.90. That is currently sold out, unfortunately. And then moving on to Abigail's Instagram, she wore a cotton on the classic short tail overalls, and they are on sale for $25 right now. In the Instagram photo with Abigail and Gigi, she was wearing a Academy the shirt dress in blue stripe. That is currently also sold out, but it retailed at $168. In Abigail's karaoke photo, she was wearing a vintage cherry dress. So that's not for sale anywhere. So that is really cool. Um, and then later she paired it with a Rails knock denim jacket in medium vintage wash. And she had a custom applique on the back that said her name. And that was normally priced $229 on sale for $160. And that's all That's all we got for the 4th of July. Good job, Haley. That was a lot for one party. <laughs> <laughs> she did have a lot of outfit changes in two days. I was just imagining her going online, shopping, just Googling, like, red, white, and blue, and just ordering everything in, like, a variety of sizes, just everything for everyone, not even caring, just all red, white, and blue, whatever. Well, definitely, Gigi was wearing the same bathing suit as her on the 4th of July, so I bet Taylor ordered multiple sizes and just handed them out to people. Welcome to my party. Here's your uniform. <laughs> and Carly was wearing a bathing suit that she wore last year. Right, the flag-patterned one, right? Yes. All right, well, that was some great fashion updates. And now we're going to move into a main discussion that 
I've really been looking forward to talking about all day because there's a lot to talk about. Before we get into it, I just want to say, as you guys know, if you've been longtime listeners or if you haven't, just so you know, we really try not to get into Taylor's personal life too much. And when we do, we always keep it positive because we're fans, we know you guys are fans, and ultimately it's all about the music and all of the great things Taylor does, and that's what we keep the focus on. And, of course, there's always rumors going around, and most of them are very obviously not true and very easily ignored, but one theory that's been reported more and more that we feel like we have to discuss is that many news outlets, including E! News, BuzzFeed, Ryan Seacrest, so not tabloids, but news outlets, are speculating that Taylor's relationship with Tom, which came very out of the blue and has moved very quickly, might be some sort of secret music video or something pertaining to her next album that she's working on and hasn't let us in on yet. Like Ashley, I'm really excited to talk about this. We don't like to talk about Taylor's personal life, but this particular story is intertwined with the possibility of us having new music. And I don't like to buy into things that news outlets are telling me, but this involves new music, so I can't not be excited about it. Whether the theories that we're going to shortly discuss are true, time will tell, but I'm pretty excited about our discussion for today. Yeah, one of the articles that we're going to talk about came from E! News, and I just liked how it was introduced. And then after this introduction, it starts to give different pieces of evidence of why the author believes these things. But the introduction stated that the evidence is pretty convincing. Are Taylor and Tom toying with our emotions? Is Taylor trying to prove just how crazy the media and the world in general can go over her relationships? Is she filming a music video or visual release to accompany a new album a la Beyonce's multimedia extravaganza Lemonade? So there's a lot right there that is speculative, but it's a lot that we can discuss, uh, especially with all of these pieces of evidence that have been coming about the last couple weeks. Right, and so the author from E then actually goes into detail and starts off with the photos. And you have to admit, there have been a lot of photos documenting Taylor and Tom's very quick relationship. And the author talks about how the first photos we saw were Taylor and Tom kissing on the beach, and then they were meeting Tom's mom, and then Tom was kissing Taylor's hand at lunch. And it definitely could be the paparazzi being the paparazzi and just invading their privacy. But the author makes a really critical note, I think, in that the photos from these adventures have mostly all been from the same photo agency. And so the same photo agency has been getting the exclusive shots that are then used in the articles that we see online. And in addition to that, a lot of these photos, including the ones in Rhode Island, in Nashville, in England, are all taken in places where historically the paparazzi never are. When Taylor's in Rhode Island or Nashville, we almost never get paparazzi photos, so that's pretty unusual that we're getting them now. Right. One that really struck me in Nashville was when they were in the restaurant and they were sitting in front of this huge window and it looked like 
to me, the paparazzi were just right outside the window, just getting shots. And in some of them, you can see Taylor looking at the camera. It may have been that she was just disgusted to see these photographers there, or if it's the same photo agency, she may have known about it, because this is all a joke, and Taylor's in on the joke. The author also has a little bit of speculation in this article, and references that some of the camera people could be just disguising themselves as tourists and using camera phones to film Taylor and Tom. The author just points out, if you saw a guy holding a phone at the Vatican, you wouldn't think twice. Which is definitely possible if Taylor is making a video of some sort. She would want probably iPhone videos to make it look more like what people do these days. Everybody uses iPhones and other Android phone cameras, so it's a definite possibility. To me, that got me really excited, and I let my imagination run wild, of course, but I was imagining that, assuming, let's say they were filming a music video, and it comes out that pretty much like the polar opposite of how Blank Space was all very high-tech and high-def, this would be a very like home movie, almost like a vlog-style video, all shot on cell phones. Yeah, and just to clarify, because I don't know if we mentioned it earlier, but I think among us on the podcast here and some of these authors that have written these articles, we're assuming here that the general end game of all this is that there will perhaps be some type of visual art or video that is basically Taylor and Tom's relationship all being fake so that she could make this video and show how crazy the media are. Kind of like blank space times a hundred. Exactly. I think that with the whole fallout of Calvin and all of the various articles that were written about it, Taylor easily could have been just very done with the media being involved in her personal life and speculating about her personal life. And she didn't want to be portrayed as the victim. It seems like every time Taylor is in a relationship and it ends, somehow it's always, well, what's wrong with Taylor? Why can't she keep a relationship? What, there must be something wrong with her and poor Taylor alone again. And I think if what these authors are speculating about ends up being true, I think Taylor doesn't want that anymore. And so she's controlling what people say about her and so she thought this would be a great way to stop those storylines painting her as a victim and now she's just making a visual art some sort of music video we don't know what but it could be that that's what she's doing and just stopping the storyline of her being poor taylor brokenhearted again and i think the reason that we're so inclined to believe these theories is because of course, like I've always said, if Taylor's happy, I'm happy. I don't care who she dates, how many people she dates, or anything like that. But when you just look at the very, very accelerated timeline of their relationship, not that, of course, that kind of thing never happens, but it seems very unrealistic. And then she, of course, is a very smart person. I'm sure she knew people were saying, like, look how fast this relationship is going. And then even beyond that, at this party... Tom was wearing an I Heart TS shirt, which was pretty funny. 
That really sealed the deal for me, I think. He's waving the flag of his undying devotion towards her in the most public manner possible. And imagine if that were used in some sort of visual art. It's hilarious. Yeah, that would be very funny. We thought that blank space was hilarious, but this is Taylor's actual life. The next piece of evidence is very simple, and the author stated and noticed that Taylor wore heels to the Colosseum in Rome. And that's just kind of an odd choice, wouldn't you guys say? I've never been there, but I would think so. Yeah, I mean, you're walking around a lot. Aren't the streets there sort of like cobblestone, too? Yes, they're narrow and cobblestone, and then... When you go in the Coliseum, you can go, you know, up and down a little bit. So most people wear gym shoes, of course, or sneakers. It's really funny just to think about how Taylor described Blank Space, how she said she wanted to write this song about this character jet-setting across the world with men. And here she's doing it. She went to the UK. She went to Italy. She was in Nashville. She was in Rhode Island. And it's just very interesting to me. That's what I, even before these articles started coming out, what I was thinking was she's literally acting out blank space. They grab their passports, and there they are. Diamonds, seasides, etc. <laughs> well, and that's what the author actually noted next, that they are traveling on Taylor's private plane and just going to all of these different exotic locations. I don't actually find that one to be very indicative of this whole thing because i think she's going to be traveling on her private plane anywhere these days oh yeah definitely it's just a lot of locations in a very short period of time right but yeah just like steph said the the jet setting you know travel around the world that and i think she's very comfortable with her crew so she feels safe with them definitely the next one again as i'm sure all of you know it's a very simple one timing of course, Taylor historically has released an album every two years, and since 1989 was released in October of 2014, if she were to keep that timing going, she would release an album in a couple months this fall. And next month already is the two-year anniversary of Shake It Off and the album announcement. Exactly, and we've talked a lot about Taylor's break, and we've said on previous episodes she is on a break. She hasn't done anything since December. The 1989 tour ended much earlier than the Red Tour ended. So she's really been on a break for seven months at this point. It's not like she was lying when she said she was taking a break. She never specified how long that break would be. So it's definitely a possibility that she'll keep the same schedule that she always has. And then the next exhibit talked about how, with all of the buzz around Tom's recent performance in the series The Night Manager, he's going to have the Emmys coming up. This could be a lot of great buzz for him. I feel like the leading men in Taylor's videos and personal life always gain a lot of popularity, so definitely could be something in it for him in that way. Well, absolutely, and I think it's clear that they're friends. Or that they became fast friends when they met at the Met Gala. And so if Taylor did approach him with this idea, he probably thought, that's hilarious. Let's do it. And Pierce Morgan, who usually has a lot of good, intelligent things to say, had an article come out today where he basically was like, 
Tom, what are you doing? This makes no sense. Why are you wearing I Heart TS on your shirt? Like, I don't understand. And, you know, Taylor's a very smart person. Tom's obviously very successful. I'm sure that they know exactly what they're doing and their reasons. And of course they know how that's going to look to the public. But I think that they're very smart and they know what they're doing. Not only did Tom wear the I Heart TS shirt, but he also had a painted on tattoo. It was not a real tattoo. Some people thought it was, but it was body paint and it was a heart and it had a T in the middle of it. And I thought it was funny because Pierce Morgan actually compared this to Tom Cruise jumping on the couch on Oprah Winfrey when he was gushing about how wonderful Katie Holmes was. And it's funny that Pierce said that because when I saw this shirt that said I heart TS on it, that was exactly what I thought of was Tom Cruise on the couch. And the shirt really sealed the deal for me, I think. It was just so over the top that it made me start to have more questions. And then today, the day after the 4th of July, all of these news outlets are reporting about this idea of the music video or some sort of visual art. And I think that's another thing, too, that you have to look at is that normally, like, E! News, you know, is a pretty reputable news outlet. While they are a celebrity gossip site, they typically don't report things without something backing it up. And also in the past, whenever stories would come out that were just ridiculous, Tree or someone from Taylor's team often would shut these stories down. Tree has often tweeted and been like, LOL, like all these tabloid rumors today, stuff like that, and she's not denying it. No, and if this were Hollywood Life or TMZ or OK Magazine reporting on this, we would not even discuss it because it's not worth anybody's time. But like Ashley said, these are news outlets that generally have reputable news while they cover celebrity news. It still is fairly reputable. And when we just discussed a Pierce Morgan article last week on episode 160, and then today we have a new article from him where even he is now questioning the relationship. He was Taylor and Tom's biggest supporter. And if you want to hear that episode, go back to 160. But he defended Taylor, and he will always defend Taylor. He thinks that this is a brilliant move. And I completely agree. If Taylor is actually making visual art here, it's absolutely genius. She's just showing, like she did with Blank Space, how much craziness surrounds her personal life. The next piece of evidence is a funny one to discuss, and it's a very specific photo that you may or may not have seen, but I'll describe what it was to you. It was from when they were at the Colosseum in Rome, and... They are standing at a ledge, and on the ledge is an open notebook or a spiral, and they're both intently looking at it on the ledge. And the author of this article from E! News is saying, what could that be if one of us was at the Coliseum? I don't think we would be looking at a book or a spiral. I think we'd be taking in the sights. And so the art author is speculating, could this be some type of storyboard or script that Taylor has written to make this whole scene happen? It's kind of funny to think about. And then to wrap up the article, the author makes a decent point about 
a quote that Taylor told to Vogue when she was dating Calvin Harris. She said, I'm just taking things as they come. I'm in a magical relationship right now, and of course I want it to be ours, and low-key, this is the one thing that's been mine about my personal life. And this whole Tom situation with being photographed in all these different places, it really is the opposite of what she was saying in that quote. Would you guys agree? Yes. Absolutely. It's definitely not low-key. It's very much in the spotlight. And this whole article just sort of made me think about how when Taylor was describing 1989 and what her life was like leading up to it, I know she mentioned taking back the narrative of, you know, she pretty much flat out said, everyone was painting me as a serial dater, so I decided, okay, now I'm going to be the single girl in New York City. She is very smart about managing her personal life with managing her image, I think. So as we mentioned, this is, of course, completely speculative, and who knows, we all may be completely wrong, but since we wanted to talk about if Taylor will have any upcoming music this fall or any new singles, uh, we thought it'd be a little bit interesting to talk about the possibility. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed exploring this theory with us, and obviously, of course, we'll keep you posted as things develop, as we always do. And just a few reminders for you before we go. Press the subscribe button on iTunes, and that downloads all of our latest episodes for you automatically. While you're on iTunes, we would also really appreciate if you would leave us a review and a five-star rating. That helps other fans find our episodes easier, so we really appreciate it. We're on Twitter at SwiftCast13. We're on Tumblr at SwiftCast13. We're at Facebook.com slash TheSwiftCast. We're at Instagram.com slash TheSwiftCast13. You can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com, and all of the contact methods are on our website also, which is swiftcast13.com. So I think this might be one of our most challenging times where we try and predict what Taylor will do next week. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, we might see Taylor and Tom at an adoption agency picking out a baby. (laughs) Or at least adopting a pet together or something. A cat. Yeah, like we said in this discussion, we don't know what's happening. But for me, all that matters is that Taylor is happy. If she's really with Tom and they're moving quickly and they're happy, that's great. If it's all a hoax and she's doing this to prove a point and to release new music, then that's great too. As long as she's happy. But I really don't have any idea what she'll do next week. And yeah, Steph, I think based on all these photos that we saw over the past couple days that she is happy. It looked like she really did have a great time at her party over the weekend. Very true. I think I liked the 1989 era so much because Taylor was so happy, especially at the beginning of it. I felt like toward the end, maybe she didn't seem quite as happy. There was a lot of stuff going on with the media being intrusive, a lot of things that were out of her control, which happens to her all the time it seems like but at this point in time she just seems really happy so that's great and to go along with the theme of this episode i will say that next week taylor will be photographed with tom in some place we haven't seen her before uh maybe los angeles or something like that so for now for episode 161 this has been ashley steph nate adam and Haley. And we'll see you next week. 
See ya. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. 